0: From the Mirror Zone I'm Bryce Skidmore I'm David Wolves are coming Leskin. <laughs> and we have a guest today uh, The wonderful The amazing Our <laughs> raven From a couple of episodes back Gabriel Hadley
1: you, you can't just out me As your raven This is like
0: Oh n- Now
1: now crime will rule The streets of Pleasant Hill Look
0: at him Quothin
1: uh, <laughs> You know Now that my secret identity Has been revealed um, my, 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 my robes gallery Will descend upon uh, the, the, the nice uh, Hamlet of
0: Pleasant Hill what are you doing here? You should be prowling the streets looking for justice. Oh, it's Friday. No one no one puts crimes on Fridays. <laughs> you guys, Doc Gawk is at the door. He seems mad. Uh, well, is he
1: a torturer?
0: Yes. Speaking of uh, um, animal alter egos, uh, we've got a couple of short stories today that um, are going to be pretty fun. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, Saki's The Interlopers. And Frank R. Stockton's *The Lady or the Tiger*. Some uh, some pretty good pitches that um, that uh, that Gabe brought to us. Um, good stories. I really enjoyed them. I did
2: as well. I enjoyed them too.
0: So yeah, uh, was it? Should we? Uh, you want to? Do you want to say anything about them? Where did, you first, uh, where did you first read them?
1: I I encountered these in, I want to say, high school, of some English class, and they just sort of stuck in my memory as, like, oh, these are kind of neat concepts. You know, they're both sort of dealing with, with choice in a different way. Mm. Uh, you know, you have Lady and the Tiger, which is dealing with, like, it's ambiguous choice that you know, the, even the reader and the characters aren't really aware of which choice is made at the end. And then you have interlopers where, you know, they, they come to a choice, but... But too late that that, yeah. you know, that their environment is chosen for them and is chosen uh, in a way that they they're not terribly fond of. Uh, but yeah, it's just sort of for some reason they would stuck in my memory. And then as we were doing this podcast, I kind of was jogging through the, the memory banks of short stories that stuck out to me.
0: No, they're good ones, and I like I super like the the too, where it's a uh, one of my favorite like subjects to just read about in general is a uh, sort of known broadly as like animal studies. Uh, but it's one of the things that makes me super interested in shit like replicants and uh, and Westworld and all of this other stuff. Like, what what exactly does it mean for a life form to be considered humanesque? Or um, the other way to go about that is how different are human beings actually from animals? And um, I actually think it's interesting that you bring up that you bring up choice because it's like there are choices in these, but like like the choices are those omissions. Like both of them end in such a way where it's like with an illusion of choice, but like. No, you're right. Like the environment's already decided for you.
1: But well, in in, in Interlopers, definitely, and in Lady of the Tiger, like she does control the choice and she makes it, but the, you don't you don't get to know what that choice is.
0: She kind of yeah, it just defers the choice. Like yeah,
1: it, it leaves it up to you to decide which choice was made, and it intentionally doesn't give you nearly enough information to make any sort of determination as to whether which she picked. Uh, so I I thought those were those were interesting examinations of of uh, interesting probing into dichotomies. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotta look at my, my thesaurus.
0: No, you have to use, no, please, use as many $10 words as you want. Dude, those things are worth at least $15. Inflation. It's real. You overpaid. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you know, you have to pass those gold leaves that are on top of your hyperbole. <laughs> that sounds...
1: Alright. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Now now my intestines hurt thinking about
0: that. Shall we? Um, So actually, before we get started, uh, I wonder if you guys would indulge me. I kind of wanted to read uh, a passage from something. Please. Uh, This is from Jonathan Safran Fowers' Eating Animals, which is super good. It's uh, the same guy who did, like, Everything is Illuminated. Uh, But this is his um, book that he wrote um, when uh, he, like, really looked into the way that we process, uh, meat and keep animals for, uh, food purposes in America, and it's full of, like, really good stuff that will make you not want to eat meat for a while, um, but, uh, I just wanted to pick out this one bit, because, um, it's kind of, uh, it's, it's not exactly new. People have been, uh, asserting some form of this for, like, years. Uh, I think even Darwin did, where he's, like, you know, there's really not much difference between human speech and animal calls. They're very similar. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is from Eating Animals, and is from his definition of the word animal. Nothing could seem more natural than the boundary between humans and animals. It happens, though, that not all cultures have the category animal or any equivalent word in their vocabulary. The Bible, for example, lacks any word that parallels the English animal. Even by the definite dictionary definition, humans both are and are not animals. In the first sense, humans are members of the animal kingdom. But more often, we casually use the word animal to signify all creatures, from orangutan to dog to shrimp, except humans. Within a culture, even within a family, people have their own understandings of what an animal is. Within each of us, there are probably several different understandings. So just a nice little, um, you know, hey, food for thought? Like, well, yeah, you know, what, you blur know, that distinction a little. You
1: know what, you know what my thoughts can really use after that? cheeseburger Some steak
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i'll take the pea protein food for thought for
0: 500 please out
1: <laughs> it tastes bland
0: <laughs> um but now i think that that's um regardless of how you feel about whether or not it's a uh all right to eat animals i think that that's kind of an interesting thing to uh to to think about for a minute just like how different human beings can be from animals if we are different or yes we're totally different
1: um, well, for me, I go with science. We are not. We are animals. Yeah. We are great apes. Um, primates, Homo sapiens sapiens.
2: There's almost this built-in idea, to, or unspoken, part to saying that we're talking about humans and animals, and that just the very act of calling them animals or calling ourselves humans is doing that process. Yeah. So it is interesting be able to have that discourse a little bit especially considering what's been happening with SeaWorld and uh you know a lot of other animal rights issues that have been happening lately
0: yeah no and it's uh, what I think it's one of the things I find somewhat interesting is uh um I think it was Timothy Morton but like he in one of his essays was like it's almost like wrong and offensive to say animal not like offensive in that like you can't say it uh but like it kind of like you said, it's sort of like already in the language. Like if there's already the delineation too, like Borwer says, where it's like, I oh know there's a differentiation between a human being and a lobster or the spine, the the, the vertebrate. Damn here after off the are stealing our jobs. I'm
2: pretty sure it's Totino's pizza rolls, but you know, I
0: mean, that's that's definitely Totino's pizza rolls <laughs> I
2: mean, That's right what up. makes us animals and the rest of animals humans. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: if, if, if if we are willing to bring ourselves so low. As to microwave t- Totino's pizza rolls and eat them in mass, then perhaps, perhaps we are the real animals. I know I am. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Um. So, what story do you guys want to start with? Uh,
1: I'm. I'd, I'd probably say Lady the Tiger.
0: I agree. Lady uh, the tiger. Because uh, it's just a
1: personal thing. I feel like Interlopers is stronger, so I kind of want to end with that. No, that's
0: actually really. That's perfect.
2: Yeah, it's it's. I I like that because Lady and the Tiger, Lady or the Tiger? The Lady or the Tiger. The Lady. Oh, question mark. Or the tiger yeah. question mark? <laughs> um, it comes off as a little bit more of a thought experiment uh, than the
0: other story. Uh,
1: it's it's kind of a fable. I mean, he sort of sets it up. He's writing in a very fable sort of yeah, way.
0: yeah. No, there was a there was an aspect to it that reminded me very much of like the ones who walk away from Omelas, where it was like it yeah. was very like ooh, imagine this like imagine if you will, imagine if you will that <laughs> dig if you will a kingdom. Yeah, where an emperor can betray you with a kiss.
2: Yeah. Can we talk about that emperor a little bit later? We, we need to go over
0: the, emperor. Oh God, no, we're going to, we got a, cause it's um like, I think you brought it up earlier, but just how many times do you have to read the word semi-barbaric?
2: Yeah. Like a, a, lot. a lot. Apparently I'm getting semi-barbaric just about us talking mm. about it, the number of times semi-barbaric shows up.
0: No. And it's like really weirdly, I kind of understand, but because it's like, you know, they want to, they want to portray this kingdom to you as being sort of like, like somehow civilized yet outside of civilization dichotomy was a good word you used earlier this definitely shows in this story yeah i'm up by price
1: twenty dollars it's not a (laughs) twenty dollar word twenty dollar demand
2: this is like those sundays i can't afford that are for like thirty (laughs) dollars but in words
0: instead of sundays so uh was it who would like to do a plot synopsis Guest, you should start us okay, off. Okay, alright. Or oh, wait, would you rather do plot synopsis for the interlopers? I can do
1: plot synopsis for both. Sweet. That can, can do lots of things. Oh. Uh, so, uh, in Lady and the Tiger, you have this semi barbaric kingdom. We'd say that because those, those, that phrase comes up a lot. Uh, you have this, this kind of fantasy kingdom set in uh, some point in the distant past, and it's sort of vaguely Romanesque ish. Uh, and they. You know, high-level crimes are tried in this crazy arena where the defendant uh, opens one of two doors. And there's a random result behind the two doors, one of which uh, has uh, a, a, t- a vicious tiger who immediately jumps out. Who, who's hungry? Uh, probably. You know, I, I looked, but he it doesn't actually say, say hungry. Really? Yeah. No, I just I just sort of assumed we just assumed that, the that they'd starve tiger. the tiger first to make sure that he killed the guy. They only fed uh. the tiger yogurt for weeks on yeah. end. <laughs> just end. Like, and it's
2: the pooping kind too. Yeah,
1: and the tiger was not having a good time. Uh, basically, um, you know, he opens one door and there's a tiger behind it and it comes out and goes and just, just immediately gruesomely murders the defendant in front of a studio audience or arena audience. And uh, behind the other door, Behind door number two And door number two or sometimes door number one because they, again they randomize them Oh yeah. Uh, is a, a beautiful lady that the the emperor has personally selected as a perfect match for the defendant um, who I guess the defendant's always male that's that, that's looking too deep into this very short little fable uh, can you also say what happens if they're already married oh yeah I'll get, get into that so uh, <laughs> so open the door and there's a, there's a lady behind it then they immediately, just on the spot, that that lovely woman gets married to the defendant. Just immediately, they bring out a priest and they do it right in front of everybody. They describe it as a hilarious moment, <laughs> uh, my favorite kind. And it does not matter if the defendant already was married, had a family, um, or any other objections of any kind. Uh, they got married to that person right then and there, and went off and had a very weird but maybe happy life together. Justice, uh, and so that's that's the, the setup of this this crazy trial system that is 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 bonkers. Uh, and so then, this this dashing young young roguish type uh, falls in love with the emperor's daughter. King emperor, it's emperor? emperor. Emperor falls in love with the emperor's daughter, and you know the emperor doesn't want any of this. He's like, you are going to the arena. Oh, no, it's a okay. king. Right now, ha! Ah! Uh, so the king's daughter, um, and he doesn't want anyone messing with his daughter. So he sends the, the, the kid to the arena, and uh, the king's daughter has a lot more access than, than most uh, parties Access in gold. Access and, and the simoleons to make it happen. Uh, so she finds out which door is which for that particular day, and, you know, the, her her lover looks up at her before, um, you know, he chooses a door, and she very subtly points to the right, uh, the right door. And he knew that she would do not, this. Not the correct right door, the, yes, door yes, the, right. the door to the right. <laughs> the door to the right as opposed to the left door. Uh, and then you get a little bit of her decision-making process of, like, you know, because she absolutely hates the woman that they've chosen, she doesn't want to see her lover go off someone else, and she's kind of her father's daughter, and so it's a little, like, she's e- equally committed to this insane form of justice. Uh, but she also doesn't want to see her lover torn apart by a tiger, and she can't really decide. And then the story ends with uh, that. The story ends with she points toward a door, the kid opens it, and the reader is left to decide... Roll credits! Uh, ...which she chose. And that's, that's the, the entire sort of gimmick of this, this story is that the author very much does not tell you at mm-hmm. all which door was chosen, and you have to decide which, and the answer is uh, neither, because something-something quantum mechanics uh, result is doesn't exist until you observe it, something-something. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Well, no, and it's, like, it's one of those things with, like... And I feel like it might be taking on, like, that, um, that OMA loss project, but, like, in a different angle, where it's using uh, this very simple allegorical story to try and, like, put something across about understanding. And it's like, I feel like towards the end, the question, like, the the title of the story is literally the question, the lady or the tiger. And once you get to the end of it, it's not only physically did he choose the lady or the tiger, it's like, is she a, is the woman he fell in love with a lady or a tiger? Is that, like, the thing? Or is there, do you know what I mean? Yes, but I, I'm not sure that the story is quite that deep. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to take it deep. Uh, uh, yeah, that's crass. Take it deep, baby. <laughs> Go deep, deep diving. Slower. In the deep state. Slower. I'm I'm eighty six in this conversation. Yeah. Right now. You're sixty nine. What nice. Well, no, and it's uh, wasn't, it, and that's the thing where it's like the, the tail ends very abruptly, because I think there's no easy answer, because I think it works on, so many levels of in the instance, you don't know if it's the lady or the tiger.
2: Yeah, and whatever answer
0: you come to
2: is says a lot about you yeah. more than it does about the actual story.
0: Which, and it's like, it's very like, I like the story because it's like, you react to it in that way where it's like, almost like an inkblot. You know, I would Jack agree with test. that.
2: I, I tended to come down on a, a little bit more of a nihilistic bent on this, and I think she definitely chose the tiger. Uh, mm. That's just my own personal opinion, but I think that The numerous mentions of her being a half-barbarian. Yeah. And her father's daughter uh, lead me to believe that she let jealousy get the better of her.
0: Yeah. Well, and there's also this, like, yeah, I wonder about it, too. Because it is semi-barbarian, so there is— Actually, we can talk about it when we get into quotes, but there's some stuff about the society that makes me wonder how truly barbaric it is. Yeah.
2: We we definitely need to get into that.
0: But, yeah. So, uh, anyone got anything else?
2: All bases seem covered.
0: Cool. Uh, Shall we jump into quotes? Let's jump. In the very olden time, there lived a semi-barbaric king whose ideas, though somewhat polished and sharpened by the progressiveness of distant Latin neighborhoods, were still large, florid, and untrammeled, as as became the half of him that was barbaric. He was a man of exuberant fancy and, withal, of an authority so so irresistible that, at his will, he turned his varied fancies into facts. He was greatly given to self communing and, and... When he and himself agreed upon anything, the thing was done. When every member of his domestic and political systems moved smoothly in its appointed course, his nature was bland and genial, but whenever there was a little hitch and some of his orbs got out of their orbits, he was he was blunder and more genial still, for nothing pleased him so much as to make the crooked straight and crush down uneven places.
1: Sometimes I do feel like mr stockton is uh it to be a little too clever for his own good in a lot of his writing
0: no he uh you know,
1: when his orbs got out of their orbits
0: well no and it's uh, the thing that i like about this too is um like you're right like it is super uh flowery and i don't mean that in terms of it's about flowers like it's just it's full of drops and weird
1: stuff florid it's just like it's which is way too clever <laughs> he's like oh look at all these like fun we'll turn around do. you're like yeah dude it's just like can, can we get to it, though?
0: Well, no, and I think when you... know, and one of the things I think that's interesting about this is uh, a way to introduce the story is you start off talking about this semi-barbaric king who is somewhat tamed by, like, the the cool West, like, the Latin nations, like, Romanesque, I guess, but, like, teaching him this law and order and stuff uh, that sort of, like, balances itself out in some kind of barbarism that he expects, but there's an aspect of the barbarism that's interesting to me because he... Uh, he talks about things like being out of their orbit like you said um things that start from their natural course sort of like stars but like the idea i feel is that his environment is very much a product of him like as a living being and like sort of these people that's like their society is sort of supernatural they're like really into this nature thing which i think makes the lady or the tiger question like a little weirder
1: especially given their moral views on murder and uh hilarious weddings
0: it's hilarious
1: they're just the funniest things you've ever seen i mean the guy's like i don't even know this girl we're getting married uh, it's it's great and then the tiger's there he's a groomsman it's just it's just the best this you know what
0: i gotta say this guy puts king solomon's shame
1: <laughs> oh
2: definitely i fair, firm but fair firm but fair take that back with the mage king. <laughs>
0: i'm gonna saw this baby in half i'm gonna make this guy marry a tiger
1: Yeah, no. (laughs) Trick question. They're both tigers, but one of them is a lady, (laughs) (laughs) and is ready to
0: mingle. (laughs) Yeah, tiger single, tiger ready to mingle.
1: (laughs) Yeah, one of them is is a starving male tiger who just will eat anything in sight, and the other one is a well-fed female tiger in heat. (laughs) It is a hilarious wedding.
0: Uh, so that's a good one. Uh, does anyone have any that they want to? Yeah, I
2: did, actually. Um, did you, were you already going to do the one about, um, talking about this, what happened with the the king and the lover? If I could do that? No, go for it. Um, the semi barbaric king had a daughter as blooming as his most florid fancies, and with a soul as fervent and imperious as his own. As is usual in such cases, she was the apple of his eye and was loved by him above all humanity. (sighs) Among his courtiers was a young man of the fineness of blood and lowness of station common to the conventional heroes of romance who love royal maidens. (laughs) I do
1: love that. (laughs) This is your completely typical protagonist type. (laughs) You know who this dude is. This this royal maiden
2: was well satisfied with her lover, for he was handsome and brave to a degree unsurpassed in all this kingdom, and she loved him with an ardor that had enough of barbarism in it to make it exceedingly warm and strong. This love affair moved on happily for many months until one day the king happened to discover its existence. He did not hesitate nor waver in regard to his duty in the premises. The youth was immediately cast into prison and a day was appointed for his trial in the king's arena. This, of course, was an especially important occasion and his majesty, as well as all the people, was greatly interested in the workings and development of this trial. Never before had such a case occurred Never before had a subject dared to love the daughter of the king. In years, and after years, such things became commonplace enough. But then they were in no slight degree novel and startling. I, I especially like what that all hints at yeah. as well. They're like, however this played out, this definitely happens again in the future. Yeah. And it's now normal. Uh, I do think that may also... Or it, it doesn't fall on either side either, exactly what happens. Why does this make the event commonplace? And, and I agree, it also brought up a lot of great tropes about what these kinds of fables have about uh, the the lover in the story. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in there, but it was all pretty good.
0: No, yeah, and it's like, it's a, was it, I love that line, too, about a, where it's talking about the daughter, and it's like how she loved barbarically, but it's not used as like a pejorative.
2: No, they're using it, uh, there's a lot of different connotations that come to mind for the way they use it
0: no i like that um was it i'm sorry what did you say before that uh
2: some something something the words that i said before i'm not sure <laughs> what, i'm not quite sure uh we'll have to leave that to future historians to Earth.
0: yeah there no, was it um I, I don't know if you saw it i posted a thing with like that star trek uh meme where it's just from the force awakens where finn is like we'll fix it in post and han solo is like that's not how post works <laughs> Ah, uh, So true. Uh, anytime you hear anybody say we'll fix it in post
2: and you're yeah. hearing that on the recording, chances are it did not get fixed no. in
0: post. In fact, I, I actually I think I want to make it a point from now on to just leave in we'll fix it in post just as a joke.
2: I would definitely <laughs> if we could up the fix it in post comments, uh, I'm pretty sure that our viewing audience will appreciate that. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. When they see the, us doing this, their, their eyes will just just light up.
2: This feature is only available to those with
0: podcast hologramatic vision, which is expensive. It's great. You're like... It's like you're sitting in the room with us. Wow, it smells like they're really here. Send you dog. guys
1: need to clean more. All no, right, you're out. <laughs>
2: yeah, that guy's off. Cut his mic. Cut
1: his mic! Cut his mic!
0: So, uh, did you have one?
1: I do. I have a quote from the end. All right. You're You're, you're all, like, beginning quotes. Bah! No, uh, this is... What I think is the most interesting part of the story, like the setup is neat, but I, I like the princess's deliberations as she goes back and forth thinking know which choice she's going to make. How often in her waking hours and in her dreams had she start started in wild horror and covered her face with her hands as she thought of her lover opening the door on the other side of which waited the cruel fangs of the tiger, but how much oftener had she seen him on, at the other door? "'How in her grievous reveries had she gnashed her teeth and torn her hair "'when she saw his start of rapturous delight as he opened the door of the lady! "'How her soul had burned in agony when she had seen him rush to meet that woman "'with her flushing cheek and sparkling eye of triumph! "'When she had seen him lead her forth, his whole frame kindled with the joy of recovered life! "'When she had heard the glad shouts from the multitude and the wild ringing of the happy bells! "'When she had seen the priest with his joyous followers advance to the couple!' And make them man and wife before her very eyes. And when she had seen them walk away together upon their path of flowers, followed by the t- tremendous shouts of the hilarious multitude,
0: <laughs> the, hilarious. <laughs> the hilarious
1: multitude, in which her one despairing shriek was lost and drowned, would it not be better for him to die at once and go to wait for her in the blessed regions of semi barbaric futurity? barbaric futurity. oh my
0: god shocking that for my band named semi-barbaric futurity
1: <laughs> all right uh so let me read the line again would, would it not be better for him to die at once and go to wait for her in the blessed regions of semi-barbaric f- futurity and yet that awful tiger those shrieks that blood yeah i just, I, just, I, I i like that she's like oh, this wedding would be like so terrible would it be better for him to die oh oh wait did but the tiger would just kill him. oh god the tiger would kill him. like she just she mm-hmm. goes back and forth it's you know whether no it's her, like
0: for her what's worse
1: yeah it's like her like is, is my personal happiness better but then again like watching the guy i love get eviscerated seems pretty terrible but right <laughs> and just to be clear they mentioned that she
2: is of strength of character and that she also couldn't stand to not see how it played out she had to be there and watch as befitting being a daughter of her father. Yeah. Like, yes. she's gonna be there, and she's gonna see it happen, whichever choice she helps him make. I will meet yeah. my ancestors in Stanley Barbaric Futurity.
0: Baby. Well no, it's, uh... No, I love that, um... I still can't get over that. The tremendous shouts of the hilarious multitude. They brought whoopee cushions. <laughs> this
1: one guy had those, like, like spinning, like, feather things under his, his arm. <laughs> and, it, and it would make him laugh. It was It was great.
0: One of them shook my hands. It had a buzzer on oh. it.
1: Oh, it was classic. Amy, and, then,
0: and then, like Amy Schumer showed up, right? <laughs> like someone, someone Hilarious. gave them like
1: wedding gifts of like peanuts. When they opened it up and like like crazy snakes popped out, and it was <laughs> it was great. There was a chariot, and more than one person got out of it. It was so funny,
0: right? Well, no, actually, I have a question to ask about this. Where it's when we think about the concept of semi barbar semi barbarity, um, if it's sort of like exemplified in the choice of these two doors, like what what's the barbaric thing and what's the civilized thing is the marriage barbaric or is the evisceration barbaric i because he, he says so. from latin nations romans used to feed people to tigers all the time so like which is <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah they're like oh he got they got the progressiveness from from the romans you see <laughs> right, so, but, so that's but, the tiger. But, the, that's but, the tiger. But, but they got the barbarism of the arena from the not Romans? Wait, no, no hold on. No. Scratch that. Yeah, Reverse yeah. <laughs> it. The Romans were the one with the arena, and they would go to the far corners of the earth and grab exotic animals and exotic people and either boink them or kill them or both. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, you know, you guys, hot take. The civilized
2: part is not allowing a man who slighted justice to be living. And so they're eaten by a tiger humanely, or the barbaric act of allowing marriages to occur. At all. That's what they took. Barbarity is marriages and the uh, institution of marriage. Well,
1: I mean, you know 50% of semi-barbaric marriages and divorce.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I have read that statistic on an old tablet. I I hear your odds go up if you don't semi-barbarically cohabitate before the wedding. That's true. Uh, I've heard that too you are we arguing <laughs> are we arguing for or against the semi-barbaric death penalty uh <laughs> i don't know i mean it's the lesser of two evils you know? it also might not be a death penalty if you do it right is it the semi of two evils also how's a tiger eating you not a death penalty how are you supposed to get a semi if there's um, a tiger in a dorm read here? the book of daniel <laughs> dude sometimes you just make friends with fanged okay, things okay look <laughs> One time out of a million,
1: your victim is a Dr. Doolittle, okay? But if they are not about to do a Dr. Doolittle...
2: How are you supposed to consummate that marriage after you've potentially been almost eaten by a tiger? That is like, of- I would have trouble consummating that marriage.
0: I haven't been able to get an erection since I saw a tiger eat a man. Oh, <laughs>
1: Tell, tell yeah. me more about the
0: tiger. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> the guy
1: before me literally was tigered, and there was still blood in the arena from him being tigered. When I was getting married, like... Uh, they, they brought about the hupa. I'm imagining it's a Jewish wedding for reasons. <laughs> 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 Why? They, they brought out the hupa, and it, <laughs> still had, the tiger. it still had like blood from the last tiger attack on it, because because they also use it as like a, as a tiger handkerchief. <laughs> yeah,
0: I also tiger agree. handkerchief. I <laughs> but, uh, it's actually I'm imagining because you know like if you're a lion tamer, you gotta have a chair like in a whip. You know, but if you open the other door, you just get to do the lifty thing. That's true. It's multi purpose. The dude's
2: like, you guys are not going to believe this. This is my third time through this thing. Like, they put me right back to the front of the lines. There is no weight. I've been married three times. No tigers so far. Oh, wow. It's so crazy. You know, and
0: I, I never even considered this, but repeat offenders. Like, right? is there just, like, does he just keep marrying a hot lady? And the king's just like, that's not how this is supposed to work. Like, you're not supposed to get the lady every time.
2: Yeah, see, the king, he doesn't know that, uh, I, uh, I got a nose that can smell tigers. If you know what I mean. That's why I always... That's why I always choose the,
0: the door with the <laughs> dame. How did you know? How did you know the door with the woman? I just looked at the one your daughter was pointing at.
1: Oh! Oh! <laughs> and then a tiger ate me. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so, uh, sorry. Oh, that's a lot. Um... I was going to go ahead and read the end. If that's all right. Yeah, sure. go ahead. Her decision had been indicated in an instant, but it had been made after days and nights of anguished deliberation. She had known she would be. She had known she would be asked. She had decided what she would answer, and without the slightest hesitation, she had moved her hand to the right. The question of her decision is not one to be lightly considered, and it is not for me to presume to set myself up as the one person able to answer it. And so I leave. It with all of you, which came out of the open door, the lady, or the tiger. I think the lady did. It was Gallagher. Yeah, just You open the door, and just
1: like Gallagher goes, (laughs) and like hits a watermelon. (laughs) He's like, "Ah! oh, oh, it was just watermelon. No, that that wasn't so bad. Uh,
0: It's a beautiful woman standing next to a jet ski. Yes.
1: I imagine like the alternate universe version of this, where like, he opens the door with a tiger, but it's like a nice, like tame tiger, just Mm because everyone is like, is his friend. But if you open the door with the lady, she just, like, shoots him in the face. She's just waiting there, like, just done, ready. Uh, I, mean, I I like the ending. I mean, the entire point of the story is this ambiguous choice. This, like, mm-hmm. which is the better choice? Um, which did the semi-barbaric princess choose? Um, that said, although I love that ambiguity, and I love how it's referenced and played on in other works by other authors... It is not for me to presume to set myself up as the one person to answer it. You're the author. You are literally the only person you're, you're story, who bro. is qualified to answer
0: this question.
1: But who do you think <laughs> you brought me,
0: You brought me to Tiger Ladyland. You tell me.
2: Right? Get me over the finish line. Don't leave me hanging here. Uh, only semi-barbaric. I want to be full barbaric by the end of this story. Come and it's on. Like,
0: no, actually, I appreciate it. Like I think it's an interesting and a very good ending, and it works for the story, because I think one of the points that it gets at is... In sort of thinking about this, like, animality, sort of like, you know, if we were to think psychoanalytically about it, I suppose, if you keep within you, like, because it says about the king that he is a man who keeps counsel with himself, and after deliberation with himself will make decisions, so if you go take that further within this arena for everyone to see, a choice is made by the person who has offended And the choice is, you open a door and one of the things that comes out is a lady or a tiger. And it's either you're met with marriage or you're met with death. It's the basic plot of the story. But what if it's about what you decide to be coming out of that door? Like, the semi-barbarity, like, the sort of split nature, like, that has condensed itself into this really weird Hunger Games. What if it's like, do I want to be the tiger or do I want to be the lady?
1: Well, in both cases, you get to be the victim.
0: Yeah. Well, in every case, we get to be this the spectator, because that's the way the story's set up. I mean, is this
1: going to be hilarious or bloody? It's, it's going to be one of those things. It's bloody hilarious. But what if the tiger, like, eviscerates him like, in a really funny way, and then marries the entrails? <laughs> I,
0: I like that better. He has to marry the tiger.
2: Sorry, I couldn't hear you through the sound of the wind whistling through my open cavity that used to be my head, because my mind was blown. <laughs> So that's the lady or the tiger,
0: right? Uh, was it? Do you, did you...
2: I just wanted to say one thing before we talked about a game. You know the game, uh, fuck, marry, kill, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> so
2: if we were to make this into a home version for our viewing audience, uh, I, we call this the lion or the tiger, and you basically we we pick a person who goes down into the arena. And each of us has to decide whether they get the lion or the tiger. Lady, if
1: you're getting a lion or a tiger, you're just, you're just being devoured by a big cat. Either way, <laughs> fine. <laughs> you, get, you get the
2: bear, you get the lion. I'll take the tiger. Oh my. <laughs> exactly. So you know, uh, like uh, Jurgen, my friend Jurgen. Like I, I'm giving you a hypothetical example. Jurgen, okay, Jurgen. So Jurgen. Yeah, Jurgen. What do you guys think? Do you think I chose? Uh, lion or tiger for a year again. Yeah, I'm He's sorry. Does like, uh, the word lady exists
1: in your vocabulary.
2: I lost the train too much before. I can't get back on it. It's just too far ahead. Anyway, that's the home game. Uh, available from Parker
0: Brothers. You have to tell all the backstory first before you play the game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, this was published in uh, 1882 in a magazine called The Century. And, uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, I guess this is one of Stockton's, or this is Stockton's best known work.
1: Yes, yeah, this is, it's referenced by some different literary things. Um, He was known for this kind of thing, but I think this is one of the only things anyone would have ever heard of, and even then I forget his name all day, every day.
0: Now, I'd heard of the story before you mentioned it, but I'd never read it, like, uh, but yeah, no, I looked at the guy's things, yeah, he's got, definitely got other credits um do we want to do related material cool. uh so uh, do we, do we, it's not like an analysis thing or just i mean after we kind of we analyze a bit we can do more analysis. we analyze yeah. the shit I, out of that yeah i just I
1: do I one more like point of analysis on this okay
0: yes. shoot all
1: people in this criminal justice system are presumed guilty yes this is meeting out punishment this is not meeting out justice Oh, I agree. Their justice is cruel and hilarious like life. You, you, you have a 50% chance of death or a 50% chance to marry someone you have never fucking met regardless of your family status and you are expected them to go off and live a happy life and never bother the king again or you'll be back here where you were found guilty immediately right. and put before this 50-50 chance of death. We're taking longer odds that you marry the tiger. It's uh, yeah. that's not exactly
2: the expected outcome, but it pays off yeah. a lot more. And
1: then what if that lady, like... Like murders you, then you had a hundred percent chance of death. That yes, doesn't is seem good. Yes, that's
2: <laughs> and if you murder somebody else, you're going right back into the arena yeah, again.
1: All I'm saying is the system is broken. Okay, it um it it, it targets you know protagonist types, protagonist type men, um, disproportionately. Uh,
0: <laughs> stories always <laughs> stories are always discriminate against protagonist types yeah mr barbarian tear down that tiger
1: <laughs> excuse me mr semi-barbarian okay i'm we, sorry we do have some progressiveness from the latin countries
0: <laughs> is he a barbarian semi-barbarian oh so chic yeah is that like like quarter barbarian yeah i'm
2: a quarter barbarian or
1: on my bar, mom's side what like if, if you're like a 16th barbarian is it like a hemi semi demi barbarian yeah
2: I, I i sent into ladies tigers.com in order to find out my lineage of whether i'm semi or full barbarian
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. ancestry.com told me i'm semi-barbarian uh that, that was it i just i just wanted to point out like i get it's like this fictional like this impossible choice you know is life better or is uh is love better blah 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 but this criminal system does find everyone guilty I'm just saying every single person who goes into that arena is already guilty there's no That's... trial there's no what I, and justification is... there's no evidence presented they're just found guilty and that people is... are okay with uh, somebody Pe- being mauled by a tiger people are okay people come that arena is I mean,
0: packed you can hate on it all you want I would much rather live in a world where I could either get eaten by a tiger or marry a hot lady instead of just if he floats he's a witch like, right. that's, that's a trial by ordeal that's, like, that's just already set up to fuck me over. At least I know, you can't of... flip a coin and not get burned at the stake. No, it's like cake or dude, death. Dude, cake dude, for, the, for the float
1: thing, <laughs> you just fill your lungs with air and you'll float. You're, you'll be fine. Just do, do a silver trick, I won't burn you as a witch. Uh, but yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Seems, seems like a broken justice system in need of repair by... Uh, secret superhero The raven uh, Of which no one knows The secret in entity, But he will go to The semi-barbaric Distant past
2: You're the only one That keeps telling everyone You're the raven Your rogue gallery Doesn't
0: even
1: They don't even care <laughs> I'm the <a>
2: raven
0: <laughs> I'm the knight <laughs> um, So uh, Related reading
2: Right uh, For related readings um, I wanted to mention uh, Inception And uh, Total Recall because both of those movies uh, lay down clues as to whether the movie or how you think the movie really happened yeah. and what you think the outcome was.
0: No, I actually I think those are really good ones because it's like it's the, the weird part of like being caught up within a work of art. Like it's kind of the point of inception, like in and, and, uh, uh, Total Recall is you get to a point where you you can't tell whether or not it's the story. It's up to you right. and you're OK with that. Like, yeah, and, and the fact that you come to where you're like,
2: well, I'm okay with there not being an answer and with me having to find the answer for myself and just be
1: okay with that.
0: Yeah, that's good ones. Uh, do you want to? Uh,
1: did you mention that SVU episode? Yes, the only the only thing I can really think of other, other than the sort of Inception's totally retail kind of movie, end ambiguous, is there is an episode of Law & Order Special Victims Unit that's actually titled The Lady or the Tiger. Uh, and it is one of the best episodes of that show incidentally because they set the situation where it's, it's this rape case but all the details are muddy um, both the victim and the perpetrator are unreliable they have very conflicting stories and you never really get a good answer as to who's telling the truth mm-hmm. and the episode ends with you know we the jury find the defendant and then it cuts
0: Oh <laughs> I because literally yelled
2: no way going. when I saw <laughs>
1: it <laughs> no way no, it, it is ballsy it, it's, it's brilliantly done it, it's it's kind of it takes this idea but it kind of like blows it up into an actual like a fully like a court fleshed case. out story yeah. where like you don't know who to believe and it's not it's not clear cut at all. There's no like physical evidence. It's all he said, she said, both people are very unreliable, so and you don't know which way the jury's really leaning and then you then you don't get an answer because it's Lady of the Tiger, and so I think it's 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 sort of like Lady of the Tiger is sort of like an archetype. Right you know, how he sets it up, like on its own, it's not the greatest story that ever happened, but it's a really neat kind of conceptual exercise that I think in the hands of, like, like a full-on story, like that SVU episode, I think it, it, it works a
2: lot better.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and fun IMDB fact, it's one of the episodes of SVU that doesn't involve someone being eaten by a tiger. I mean, you'd think, right? Right? I, I know that episode. Right, you know what I'm talking about. That is,
0: that is a different episode. It is lousy with tiger does.
2: <laughs> it's one of the things SVU is known for Other than Mersha Hargitay That guy gets eaten belts.
1: by uh, hyenas But there is a tiger in that episode There right? is a
2: tiger in that episode, it's true And there is eating, so to be fair Yeah, adjacent
0: it? Uh, I just have a couple uh, Rex um, One of them is uh, Arthur Mockin's The Great God Pan Which, if you guys ever get a chance You should check it out It's, uh, um, it's the story about This magical child who is somehow, like, most definitely connected with this elder god of nature type of deal, like, whatever exists beyond, uh, beyond the veil. So, um, this, this child is born, and it's just basically the hijinks, the, the exorcist-style horrors that ensue around this woman, and, uh, by the end of it there's a very interesting part where like the the lines between god man and animal are all blurred and it's a it's kind of a fun piece so i like that does, um
1: does pan have elaborate
0: from there he does not Is there a
1: spanish civil war going on no there is
0: not is Guillermo del toro attached to this project just stop <laughs> actually Guillermo del toro would be an amazing director if they ever make this a movie like he would be Like, I swear, it's the same sort of stuff where it's, like, he always talks about he wants to do a Lovecraft movie. Lovecraft, like, got so much inspiration from Arthur Macken. In fact, The Great God Pan is, like, almost totally... It's almost totally the thing that he stole from when he wrote The Devil's Horror. Like, it's very much that. So, uh, that's a great story. Uh, The other recommend I have is for uh, one of the stories from Angela Carter's uh, uh, short story collection, uh, The Bloody Chamber. Uh, the story is called The Tiger's Bride. And it's sort of a Beauty and the Beast story about a girl who marries a tiger who is pretending to be a human. Like, he, he dresses up like a human. He wears, like, a weird mask, and he does all this stuff. And after a while, she, like, you know, she realizes that, like, you know, he, or she knows he's a tiger, and she accepts that, and he accepts his nature, and and then she changes, and it's really good. So, and it also, like, it feels like she definitely read
1: I feel like that's a reference it's, to this.
0: Yeah, no, it's it, it's, a, it's got tigers and it's got marriage. And it's like just... yeah, that, That's that,
1: that, well. that's, a, that's a very narrow mm. subset of it things is. that involve tigers and <laughs> marriage. Uh, no, it's, it's like yeah. Aladdin and Lady of the Tiger. Exactly. That's, that's about it.
0: <laughs> and it brings up that thing that I see as being very integral to the question of the lady or the tiger at the end. Where it's, is the lady or the tiger in reference to his choice? Is it in reference to the woman he loved and what she decided to lead him to? So it's like, is it the lady or is it the tiger? And, you know, so it's like, oh, whoa, this linguistic weirdness of, like, I don't know what you're talking about in this. In the Carter short story, there's, you know, human beings also changing to animals, which is, like, I feel like that's taking the implication of the of the Stockton story and just, like, just turn that shit up to 11. Part two, the like, interlopers strike back. <laughs> Electric boogaloo. It is a time of galactic
1: civil mm-hmm. war. I don't remember the name of the two families in this, so this joke would go somewhere.
0: Oh, here, I can pull it up. War. Huh. It's Ulrich von Lichtenstein. It's not Lichtenstein. And Max von (laughs) (laughs) Sydow. Oh, wow. by the Cottage. We are going to get on with uh, our last story of this episode, Uh, Saki's The Interlopers
2: as our guest and uh because you volunteered in no takesies back did you want to read the summary
1: to escape and by yes. read i mean say yes <laughs> in a world in a world uh all right. so this one you have two uh warring families the von gradwitz family and the zname zname z n a e y m let you all pronounce that
0: we'll just call him Zion.
1: so we got a uh, Ulrich von G and Georg Z, uh now these two uh families that have been feuding forever over this patch of forest. Each family says, Oh, you know, you're you you're poaching the animals off our you know, patch of forest and blah 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 blah. And uh, it's a long feud and so uh I think it's Von Gradwitz is the one you start with.
0: Yeah uh no he's the one who he's the one who won out basically they took it to a court or whatever and it's been decided that the land is belongs to his family yeah but the tanaims
1: are uh having none of it and so ulrich ulrich von gradwitz and his uh his his band of merry men uh, they go out into what they you know use their forest i'm looking to start a fight kind of uh you know, they're just kind of patrolling the forest, but they're kind of hoping to find the, the Zayams to like you know to, to mess up their debt uh, And lo and behold, Ulrich you know gets uh, separates himself from his party to go a search and he turns around the corner of this tree and he comes face to face with Georg Znam, his mortal enemy And they go uh, but, but they're both like, well, we're not gonna murder each other in cold blood but if we get into a fight right here, like we'll probably kill each other. But before they can decide what to do... Providence! The heavens open and... The, it's lightning, right? Yes. It yes. lightning or wind. No, wind. It was wind. It was wind. Yeah. Uh, the wind kicks up and knocks over the old tree they're standing next to. And it falls on both of them, trapping them. And they both uh, are you know, trapped under the tree and they come to consciousness and they realize they, they can't move. And, you know, Tanaeum has, like, blood caked over his eyes and he can't really even see very well. And Gradwitz is, you know, not in terribly good shape... And they start out, you know, they're trapping the tree. They go, when my men get here, they're going to they're gonna fuck you up. They're going to, you know.
0: Well, yeah, well, gonna, when my men, men get you. here.
1: Yeah. And they do that for a little bit. And then, like, the story's rather short, so it's hard to, to really tell this. But apparently about half an hour passes or so. Uh, and then graduates is like, you know what? I-, I have my, like, wine skin here. Like, do, do you want some wine? Like, we're, we're going <laughs> to be here for a while. And tonight goes like, I don't know about you, but I'm parched. Yeah, so now he was like, I don't drink wine with enemies, but then the, they, they kind of they kind of get over their differences. Cause they're like, I mean, we, we could be here for a long period of time, and they're like, you know, w- why are we even fighting? We're fighting because our fathers fought, because our grandfathers fought, and you know, wouldn't it be crazy if we if we walked into town and was, as went, hey, we're friends now, like the feud is the feud is over, and so they they both agree, like, you know what? Yeah, the hostilities are over. You know, whoever's men get here first, I'll tell them, you know, get us both out from under this tree. We're done fighting. And uh, Gravus sees someone approaching. Oh, who is it? And he, and he goes, Oh, I think I see someone. And he's like, and you know, there's goes, at least ten of them, so it yeah. must not be my place. And Sennan goes yeah. like, Oh, there's like, that's too many for my guys. And Gravus goes, Oh. And Sennan goes, Whose man is it? Whose man is it? And and Grabbit just goes, He laughs. Wolves. And that's how it ends.
0: Curtains. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. No, that's a. It's a pretty intense story. Is it? I. I really like that. Um like oh, who is it is it your men no it's too many to be my men it kind of reminds me of that uh that one moment uh minority report uh just coming down to it where it's like when i uh when leonard kaplan is like reading the third minority report and it slowly dawns on him that he is about to die It's like yeah that same sort of like crushing realization that comes down on you all at once
1: yeah and i it's another example of the the last line of the story just being great and and not not being a true ending in the sense of the word, but it, it, it's just this, this gut punch of an ending. Like, you, you really think, like, oh my god, they've reconciled their differences, the feud is over, oh wait, they did it way too late, now they're just going to be eaten mm. by wolves. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> it's a gutsy ending. And uh, it,
2: it, it it's that part of that great tradition of, of short but sweet finales.
1: Yeah, it's, it's kind of a short story, short story, like yeah you get all the background really really fast uh they have a change of heart really really fast and then it ends on the mother of all like like oh and you know you don't you don't get the full nice clean ending of a novel you get the the sudden abrupt holy crap ending of a short story
2: yeah and obviously if they buried their differences maybe not even generations ago but just you know earlier that week or that right beforehand.
0: Well, and this is a thing that we can get into later, um, and I think we will when we start doing quotes, but it's like if you read, if you actually like go through, um, you get a lot of stuff about sort of their feud and how it just it goes back generations and all this stuff, but it's interlaced with this description of the, uh, of the forest. And if you pay attention to the description of the forest, it should be very obvious to you that something's wrong there like they talk about the coldness they talk also about how animals seem to be running another way for some reason yeah and their men they're never too there yeah no but the, the the they're but they're so like i must find this man who's illegally hunting on my land that they didn't even stop to look at the land
2: yep their bloodlust for each other uh pretty much surpassed any other cognitive function
0: yeah and it's they were just so blind to the world around them that um yeah, they ended up in a very awkward position.
1: Yeah, the back of a Volkswagen.
0: Snack time. They ended
1: up in a very awkward position. That they were over there, and the little bit was over there. <laughs> There's some bits of them over there too.
0: <laughs> At first, we were in an awkward position, and then we were in several. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, do you guys want to jump into quotes? Or? Sure. Uh, could I do the one about the wine? Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Okay. Um, was it
0: actually, do you mind if I go, I got one before I was
2: going to ask you if you had one before that one. Yeah, why don't you do that?
0: Um, the feud might, perhaps, have died down or been compromised if the personal ill will of the two men had not stood in the way, as boys that had thirsted for one another's blood, as men each prayed that misfortune might fall on the other. And this wind-scourged winter night, Ulrich had banded together his foresters to watch the dark forest, not in quest for four-footed quarry, but to keep lookout for the prowling thieves whom he suspected of being afoot from across the land boundary. The roebuck, which usually kept in, shelter- in sheltered hollows during the, wa- the storm wind, were running like driven things tonight, and there was movement and unrest among the creatures that were wont to sleep through the dark hours. Assuredly, there was a disturbing element in the forest, and Ulrich could guess the quarter from whence it came. Yes, wrong! But he was wrong. Yeah. He's like, ah, they're probably all upset because my nemesis is out. Not nah, bitch, wolves. It's, yeah, you guys aren't important. I,
1: I had to look up roebuck because I thought it was like some old-timey term. Uh, it is, it's it's a, re- yeah. it's a
0: type of deer. It is. Yeah, I did a double take when it's that first come,
2: came around, but then I kind of reread it uh, the second time. Through and I'm like, oh, that's what they're talking about, right? Got it.
0: I really weirdly knew that what a roebuck was because of a Tom Waits song called November. But, uh, yeah, no, there's a lyric about, you know, a body being tied to the branches of a Roebuck stag. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then I looked it up, and I'm like, oh, God, this is a dark song. It's Good stuff, though. The only deer that you can purchase is Sears. (laughs) I assume. Sears Roebuck. (laughs) Yes. Nice. Well, bam! Topical.
1: Sears (laughs) Sears is the wolf, the ram, and the heart. Mopocalypse. (laughs) Yeah, Josh Whedon's Mall Apocalypse arc was my favorite part of the Angel saga. <laughs> yeah, it's in their sixth season they got canceled again. They'd run out of normal apocalypses, so they had the ball Apocalypse. Yeah. Did
2: you have quotes? I did. Should I read them? Slowly. I don't feel comfortable with that, so I'm gonna read it at my own uh, pace.
0: Slowly.
2: I'm just gonna I'm just <laughs> gonna forge ahead then. Um, both men spoke with the bitterness of possible defeat before them for each knew that it might be long before his men would seek him out or find him. It was a bare matter of chance which party would arrive first on the scene. Both had now given up the useless struggle to free themselves from the mass of wood which held them down. Ulrich limited his endeavors to an effort to bring his one partially free arm near enough to his outer coat pocket to draw out his wine flask. Even when he had accomplished that operation, it was long before he could manage the unscrewing of the stopper, or get any of the liquid down his throat. But what a heaven-sent drop, it seemed. It was an open winter, and little snow had fallen as yet. Hence, the captive suffered less from the cold than might have been the case at that season of the year. Nevertheless, the wine was warming and reviving to the wounded man, and he looked across with something like a throb of pity to where his enemy lay, just keeping the groans of pain and weariness from crossing his lips. "'Could you reach this flask if I threw it over to you?' asked Ulric suddenly. "'There is good wine in it, and one may as well be comfortable as one can.' Let us drink, even if tonight one of us dies. No, I can scarcely see anything. There is so much blood caked around my eyes, said George. Jor- Georg? 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 Yeah, said George of the Jungle. <laughs> said Georg. Georg of the
0: Gungle? That Thank you. Was, sorry.
1: <laughs> said, not as well, known <laughs> <laughs> composer, Georg Felix Telemann. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my place.
2: Sorry. Um, <laughs> No, I can scarcely see anything. There is so much blood caked around my eyes, said Georg. And in any case, I don't drink wine with an enemy. I, I just, I really like that passage. It says everything about, this, this story does a great job of compression uh, in terms of giving us everything that we need in a small amount of space. As you said, I didn't really realize it was 30 minutes until after you brought up.
1: Well, someone explicitly said, the only reason mm. I know it is because I think it's Georg-like specifically says it's been about half an hour i
2: missed that and it it, it's mostly due to the fact that i was kind of experiencing this as like a second to second type of situation and uh i i really think that this sort of act of humanity and, and the and the reconciliation begins is right with the the wine it's like this the the primal needs and the primal like empathy that he has with someone in the
0: same situation as him yeah
2: it overrides everything and you know even, no, yeah. even good wine can
0: solve yeah. these problems it like, can yeah, no once you strip away like you know and it's i, I love stories like this where it just these two dudes have like this ancestral beef and once they've been trapped for a minute under a log and they're sharing a bottle it's at that point they realize that they're not that different no like that maybe it's bullshit that they're fighting anyways. Yeah,
2: and it, it's really well handled. I don't think I've ever seen that done so well in such a small amount of space. So I did really appreciate that, and both as the gesture and as a method of storytelling. Yeah. That's my quote, and I'm sticking with it. No, it's a good one. I like that one.
0: Um, was it? There was one I wanted to bring up, uh, just because it's uh, the t- where we get our title from. I... We fight this quarrel out to the death, you and I, and our foresters, with no cursed interlopers to come between us. He, you know.
1: say, he says it again uh, a little bit later. The yeah, no, Geyork. no,
0: and no, and it's the same thing too. Where it's like later in the end, it's I can't, I'm not gonna look at the line right now, but it's like no interlopers shall come between the peace that we've made between us. Yeah, dude,
1: Geyork is all about no interlopers yeah. ever. He's like, you will not interlope on my war slash
0: peace. No one interloping on this, except for uh, the wolves. Yeah, which is... Which I think that's, like, it's kind of an interesting shorthand where it's like you read a title called The Interlopers and you assume that the interlopers are humans.
1: Yep. Uh, Did you have any quotes? I I was going to do my quote of just the ending.
0: Oh, yeah. No, is it? I actually have it queued up right there, if you want. Uh, Was it? Actually, I have one more before then. Okay.
2: And now you're the interloper.
0: For a space both men were silent turning over in their minds the wonderful changes that this dramatic reconciliation would bring about. In the cold, gloomy forest, with the wind tearing in fitful gusts through the naked branches and whistling round the tree trunks, they lay and waited for the help that would now bring release and succor to both parties. And each prayed a private prayer that his men might be the first to arrive, so that he might be the first to show honorable attention to the enemy that had become a friend.
1: Yeah, humans are just like... I'm, i want credit for this reconciliation okay i need my mint <laughs>
0: i need yeah <laughs> i want i want to be the bigger man no no i want to be the bigger man he, it kind of reminds me of two dudes like seriously if they survive this encounter you would see them in a diner two weeks later fighting for 15 minutes as to who's picking up the check right and they're they're putting their
2: differences towards something that's more hmm. reconciliatory but they're gonna keep fighting yeah or they would if they survived this.
0: Yeah, no. Is it? I also want to bring it up too because I just I love the description of the forest. Like, it's one of the things that I think is uh, highly underrated is good descriptions of winter. And I feel like the story is full of wonderful winter imagery.
1: Uh, as a quick aside, isn't Valdis four seasons from the Voyager recordings? I think so, actually. So, winter is the one. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Um. So my quote is the end, the, the iconic part of this story, where the the climax and twist and end are all in one word, which is which is pretty incredible. Um, so, as a preface to this quote, they, they decide they're going to shout for help because they're like, our, our mean, don't know where we are. We should start shouting. So uh, both men raised their voices in as loud a shout as they could muster. They hear us. They've stopped. Now they see us. They're running down the hill toward us. Cried Alric how many of them are there? asked Georg. I can't see distinctly, said Ulrich. Nine or ten. Then they are yours, said Georg. I had only seven out with me. They're making all the speed they can, brave lads, said Ulrich gladly. Are they your men? asked Georg. Are they your men? He repeated impatiently, as Ulrich did not answer. No, said Ulrich with a laugh, the idiotic, shattering laugh of a man unstrung with hideous fear. Who are they? asked Georg quickly, straining his eyes to see what the other would gladly not have seen. Wolves because it? yep. it's like up until the last like two sentences you have no indication that it's anything other than right. their men coming to rescue them the interlopers are their men yeah yeah until uh yeah until you know or didn't answer and then he said with a laugh the idiotic chattering laugh of a man unstrung with hideous fear like he, sh- he suddenly goes from oh hey they're, they're making great time toward us <laughs> oh no, not oh no. that's that's just, oh no. I, that's i just met dagon laughter
2: that's that's what that is it's
1: unhinged laughter yeah <laughs> and i think this story overall fits more into your like animal animal theme like Van's yeah. animal stuff like lady the tiger yeah, you
0: no know, that one's a that one was like
1: a little bit more it's a, it's a bit more of a stretch like the tiger is is there just to be something that kills you immediately mm. uh it doesn't have to be a tiger. It just sort of fits in with the sort of old fantasy theme. Uh, but with this one, yeah, it's literally uh, they're they're so separated from. It, it's also kind of like a, a commentary on you know Saki saying, "It's not natural for these feuds to happen. It's it's not yeah. you right. know it, this it's showing these men it's separated from their nature so much that they do not read the clear warning signs that nature right. is trying to tell yeah. them that." It is a it is a well lit night um, with you know clear skies. It's not too terribly cold, which means there are probably wolves hunting, and you can right. see the animals all reacting to the fact that you know it's the kind of night that wolves are like. Well, I know we're diurnal, but like it's a well lit, nice yeah. night. Right. Let's let's take out some animals. Uh, yeah, they're they're so removed from their from their nature, from mm-hmm. you know from what is actually natural and and correct of not having this crazy yeah. blood feud forever. Right. That they just, they don't read the warning signs right. until it's way too late. Yeah. And if, and if we are going to compare this
2: to The Lady or the Tiger, we could say that whereas the title is apt for that one and that you don't know which one ends up being the choice, and in the end of this one, if the lady was both of them becoming friends and living past this encounter, right. the answer to the story is, <laughs> no, 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 it's the tiger. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's the wolves. Um, it's th- the there wolves. is. This one has a completely unambiguous ending. It's, it's a very sudden ending. Yeah. A uh, very very quick twist and land, but there is no doubt as to what is about to happen yeah. to them. With the single word wolves, Saki tells you, "Oh no, no, they're they're dead. They're yeah. absolutely 100% dead. <laughs> they're lying bleeding injured under a under a tree and there are hungry wolves out." No, they're yeah. done. That's it. That's that's game over. Yeah.
0: No. And it's actually it's one of the things that and I I actually do agree where it's like this does fit more into the, you know, the deconstruction of the people-animal uh, binary in that uh, they can look out and see the wolves approaching and mistake them for humans. But essentially, the story starts out with both of them and their band of foresters prowling the forest. So... They're the animals. Yeah, no, essentially, they, they are behaving as wolf packs at the beginning, and then at the end, they meet the real wolves. Yes. Which like and we're it's like, like you all are oh. pretending at wolves. No, it's like weird. It's like oh, I guess we're like you know. It's sort of they're behaving wolfish, I suppose, for most of the story, until they decide to bury the hatchet and stop being petty about this stuff, and then the thing they were playing at, you know, breaks through the fucking, you know, it it breaks through from fantasy into reality for them. It's just oh, wouldn't it be great? We can just be friends right. and. And then all of a sudden, this just rupture. of, Oh, actually, you're not going to be able to spend St. Right. Sylvester's n- night together. You're not going to spend any night together beyond this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's option C. If you mm-hmm. thought only option A or B was possible, my
2: men mm-hmm. or your men,
0: no. The
2: animals is option yeah. C. Yeah.
0: Uh, there's a there's a Christian yeah. aspect that it reminds me too. It's like this line that Jesus has, where it's like those who live by the sword die by the sword type of deal. Where it's like, oh yes, you live your life like a wolf. Surprise! you get torn apart by wolves right and there's some level of hypocrisy
2: to burying the hatchet because they've literally both been equalized by being smashed under a tree mm-hmm. like that's good and all that in their dying moments they came to terms with each other but it didn't mean anything no like
0: if yeah know. if that tree had not fallen which one of you would have killed the other
2: and the answer like, is doesn't
0: really matter the and yeah. they both in right before that happens they might as well both be each other yeah
1: yeah and and this is going with with my my theme of of the night was was choice. In the first one, we have a choice that's left open. The, the reader makes the choice, and in reality, there isn't an answer. You, know, you can debate forever. Did you pick mm-hmm. Lady or the Tiger? Uh, in this one, the the choice is very clear and not made by the characters. Yeah. Or the reader that they, they came to their choice way too late. They they went oh we're gonna set us in our differences, but what they realized is that their environment had already chosen for them. Yeah. Uh, that that their fit. That the environment agreed their feud was ending tonight, yeah no, and that's
0: that's one of the things that's probably the most uh chilling about this story, and the thing that I super enjoy is um it recon it reconceptualizes man's place in nature to such a point where it's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, did you think this stopped when you weren't looking? Yeah. <laughs> Did you, did you think that you could just wander the forest and completely ignore all of the signs that there's definitely a pack of wolves running around?
2: You were arguing about who
0: had ownership over the earth.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So cute. There's def- <laughs> Adorable. There's definitely like a, like a
1: naturalist <laughs> element to this, but it's like that wonderful brand of kind of Western naturalism, or sort of Western, where it's yeah. instead of like, oh yeah, you know, nature is great and caring. It's like, no, na- nature is, is nature. You are a part of it. And if you aren't aware of what's going on around you, nature will kill you. Because, um, yeah, again, th- th- it gave them all the warning signs they could ever ask for, mm. which is way more than you usually get when a pack of wolves is attacking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> usually, just like. <laughs>
0: no, it's and you know, to be fair, I knew before I started reading the story that like, uh, like how it ended. Um, but I always try to like read stuff. When I pick it up, like as if I'd never sure. read it. So just to try and look for effect, but that was like I feel like even if I didn't know the end of the story, I would have gotten it by like paragraph four, because I'm just like there, there was enough, there was enough no, indication I, that you know, the I, environment that they were in was obviously trying to show them something that they weren't know, seeing.
1: You know, I, I, I'm gonna kind of disagree with you a bit. I don't think if you had had know the ending, you would have known that the, the environment was gonna be the yeah. option C. Um, I think up to that point, you think it's just sort of like the environment reflecting their internal struggle Mm. as often happens in fiction you know it was a dark and stormy night when the story is dark and stormy um and this one you know is this this wind windswept winter uh where everything is tense all the animals are, are on edge and until you look at the ending you have no reason to disbelieve Ulrich when he's like i know why those animals are running it's because, it's because they know some shit's going to go down. It's like, well, yes, they do, uh, which we know by the ending, the animals knew what the real shit going down mm-hmm. was, not this, this petty human nonsense, which is you know, separated from nature and not, not realizing that we are a part of the natural world and we don't, we don't control
0: it. Well, no, and there's that, that horrible thing, too, where it's the, the last quote that you started with where it's like, oh, I think that's them. Let us call for help. Yeah, yeah, no, actually, you're, you're stuck in a mobile. You should just broadcast your position to any Apex Predators that might be out there. Yep, just and do it doubly out. loud. Just, yeah, both of you. Like
1: <laughs> yeah, There's there's a, there's a lot of, like, they're so caught up in their own little world. And they're removable from the world. Yeah, that, that, that they're, they're so caught up in their own nonsense. There's definitely a lot of social commentary, I don't know exactly when Saki wrote but I'm sure he's commenting on, on something that, you know, oh, you know, we're so obsessed with our own little petty, squabbly nonsense that we're unaware of the real danger, like the actual serious issues right. that are happening around us because we're so blind to any warning signs of anything because we're so obsessed with our own nonsense. And that's right. – that's what their squabble is. It's utter nonsense. You know, it's they're like, oh, you know, I own this land. Or I own this land. Well, no, what realistically, none of you own this land. You're – you're on that land which means that you were you know cohabitating with some apex predators you guys were basically killing time until you got killed by the land
0: was it i'm sorry an answer to your question late 1800s english
1: oh i picked the time same time period yeah i mean
0: uh no actually that's kind of interesting to think about the late 1800s and like i guess a lot of people were writing stories about the weird lines between humans and animals
1: I, i that scans
0: uh yeah but this one is
1: definitely, yeah, this one, this one's definitely a counter to the whole, like, oh, humans, you know, should have dominion over nature, which was definitely a very six, uh, 17th, 18th century, like, viewpoint. Yeah. Of, you know, mankind's right to dominate everything, and then...
0: No, it's like, oh, of course we have a right to this. We are the natural stewards of the earth. We yeah. can carve up any river and change yeah. its course for uh, our betterment.
1: And you you don't see a lot of people poking holes in that in the sixteenth, the seventeenth, and eighteenth century, but you do start to see people in the nineteenth century to sort of be mm-hmm. like, mm, uh, uh, question, no. <laughs> uh, and and I think I think Saki captures that pretty well of like, our human nonsense doesn't mean anything, if, you know, if we're not paying attention to what's going on around us, we'll be killed by it because that's just how things work. Yeah. And the wolves aren't evil. They're not. They just are. Yeah. yeah they, they just are. They're they're wolves doing wolf things. It's I don't know if they say it's a full moon, but it's clear from how much they can see that it's, it's like
0: it's bright enough. Yeah. It's
1: bright. enough. It's a full moon night. Like it's it's not snowing. Uh, it, it's it's wolf hunting weather. Like that in you know nineteenth century black forest region of the you know Germany slash Russia. It's the Carpathians. Yeah, that's right. Somewhere in the Carpathians, um, there are wolves there. In Vigo. And also Vigo the Carpathian. Uh, who, he's not in the story. Who is clearly controlling the wolves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also he's he's uh, a natural or, part in, of the in environment. In order to escape
1: from his painting, um, enter our world And dangle a <laughs> and, and dangle a ghost. Uh, you know, have uh, have a ghost nanny steal Sigourney Weaver's baby. Dangle ghost. a baby. Dangle. That's a ghostly uh, baby carriage, so it's technically dangle. Yeah, <laughs> technically it's just it's just floating over New York.
0: Yeah. Is it? Uh, do we want to do any analysis before we go into related reading?
1: I feel like I feel like that was the main analysis yeah. we were sort of analy- yeah. analyzing as we go. Analyzing? Yes, we were analyzing we as we
0: went. Analyze this. Yes, get out. Well, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm David Less. <laughs> no, I, 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 I <laughs>
1: hear by replacing Bryce Skidmore on the Mirror Zone, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been Bryce Skidmore the second. <laughs> Actually, your
2: Mirror Universe uh, version of yourself, so that makes a lot of sense. I am. Is it uh, so does anyone want to go first yes please can I I want to I'm going to ready I'm yes. doing it um, okay so when you think about I'm gonna recommend two things yeah. bear with me follow me on my journey play with me okay so what when you're talking about the difference between man and animals when you're talking about struggles against animals when you're talking about human nature the two things I think of are the Emperor's new groove and Robocop bear with me, bear <laughs> with me. okay so Robocop. Ends on one line, which is Murphy. Uh, it sums up the whole movie. And that's a movie about people being separated and talking about justice, which kind of ties into the other story we talked about as well. Mm-hmm. And Emperor's New Groove has frenemies working together and also has a scene where I believe they fight wolves and are bickering with each other. Yeah, so,
1: yeah actually, I think there is a direct reference to this. in. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> So, those are my two recommendations. Uh, I, think, I think it's Jaguars, because it's, um... Oh. But it's, it's the exact same idea, it's, but, it's, but situation. It's, it's set in South America, so it's, it's yeah. Jaguars. Uh, um, isn't the last line of Robocop, friends call me Murphy, you can call me Robocop? Or is that Robocop, like, two <laughs> or three? That is not the last line of RoboCop. Are, are you sure? Yes, I'm 100% sure. You
0: may call me RoboCop.
2: Well, well, to be fair, in a previous life, or at least what I am separated from myself and considering no. is a previous life, I'm RoboCop, but, you know, uh, Murphy, Murphy, my name's Murphy. Uh, Murphy. <laughs>
1: Was the last line in Verholman wrote in this script. Yeah, he definitely just just looks at the camera and just says, Murphy.
2: Yeah, he says, Soylent Green is people! <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, those are my recommendations.
2: And and, and on a serious note on those, like Emperor's New Groove does touch on a lot of the topics that this story talks about, about being removed from nature. And it talks about some
1: of the first topics about barbarism and civilization. I apologize. That's the last time for RoboCop 3. I I, I rescind. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever apologize for
2: accidentally quoting RoboCop 3. This should be celebrated in the streets. You might be the first person I purposely <laughs> try and do that. I was
1: concerned that, that might have been for RoboCop 3. I looked up and like, yeah, that's that's not RoboCop 1 at not all. Not even the writers <laughs> quote that movie. Right,
2: right, there's a progression. The first movie ends with Murphy. The second movie ends with Murphy, the guy who is also RoboCop. And then the third one is Brad Scully and Murphy, you can call me
1: RoboCop. Right. <laughs> right. I remember all of that. All right. Uh, so, so I'm sorry, I totally. I think I interrupted your train of thought at all. So you have, you have RoboCop, that is a justice, ends theoretically on the line Murphy. It ends on that. I'm willing to stake <laughs> my reputation on RoboCop. Uh, early reports suggest that RoboCop ends the line Murphy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, Emperor's New Groove talks about reconciling with
2: frenemies over yeah. shared troubles.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I didn't I didn't think about it before, but I, I think there is a scene that is a near direct reference to this this mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Um this story. Yes.
0: Is it Michelle?
1: And yeah. it has David Spade in there. Just that's all.
0: Is it Um I got a couple of recommends for this. Uh the first one I actually didn't write down. It came to me as we were analyzing because it's like it just again, uh, it just was so obvious um but i would uh recommend the batman comic the long halloween yes and i would mainly because there is an aspect in this story that's wonderful um if you've seen like the dark knight um you've seen sort of like the story of batman where uh he's sort of pressing the regular criminals too hard so they have to lean on supervillains. and uh but in the long halloween you get to see sort of more of that relationship between organized crime and like batman's rogues gallery and how continually off-put the mob is by these people like by the supervillains, you know because they think that there's something like that you have like yeah we're criminals but we have honor and you know we're just trying to protect our own but as soon as uh um as soon as selena kyle sees how she can upset the mob's plans the only thing she does is just go straight to Arkham and break out the rogues gallery. So there's this wonderful panel where uh, Carmine Falcone just walks into his office and there's Catwoman sitting on his desk and just the Joker, Solomon Grundy, uh, the Riddler, like, fuck everybody. Uh, everybody that Batman ever fought is here, but that's the, the whole thing where it's like, it sort of seems to me like that's the wolves coming moment because these, these people try to, they play with villainy and they're like, yeah, we may be villains, but we have honor. And it's like, Really? Because there's people out there without it, and they're all in your office now. Yep, so and they're the pure definition of villainy. They are, and it's like, and that's the that's the um, the the situation that leads this the story to a head. So, um, there's that. Uh, there's an Antoni Samaraki short story that I really enjoy. I don't know if it's translated into English. Honestly, if you bug me, I'll do it for you, but I doubt anyone will. I uh, it's a it's a Greek story. I. Uh, Called the river or Topotami. Um and it's it takes place in a war that is not specified. There is a dude who is in an army, and he's like basically the first line of the story is um, the orders were clear: you're not to swim in the river uh, because it's a war zone. People who go to the river get shot because there's a bunch of snipers on the other side. But this one guy is just so sick of the war, and he can't think of anything else that he decides to just go to the river. So he goes to the river, he strips off all of his clothes, so like his army uniform, and he goes swimming in the river naked. So he leaves his clothes and his rifle on the bank, and while he's in the river, he sees another naked man swimming. And neither of them say anything, because you don't know if it's a friend or foe. So they just stop and look at each other, and are like, tensely silent. And yeah, no, it's, the, the whole thing comes in after that, where it's like, you know, are they going to, are they going to be like a and Ulrich, or are they going to be violent even though they're right. caught in an impossible situation so there's that and uh, my last recommend would be the film enemy mine which is a very good story about uh, a human and an alien who get stuck in a situation together uh they believe themselves to be each other's mortal enemies right. and towards through the course of the movie they find out they have more in common than they thought
2: and the tv trope enemy mine is yeah. named after that movie yeah it's well. a
0: it's it's a tv trope now which is great <laughs> yeah uh
1: Alright, my suggestions. Hand-waving. <laughs> First, keeping with the theme of, you know, mankind being separated from and then reconnecting with its nature, and also wolves are involved, well, it's suggest another Angela Carter, uh, The Company of Wolves. Hell yeah! Uh, because it's amazing. It's tangentially related to this, but I don't care, because it's a great story. Uh, watch her, like, retell the Red Riding Hood narrative in crazy, amazing ways. So uh, there's that. Um, also... I just just was thinking of this as we were talking. Doctor Strangelove.
0: Why so, Doctor Strangelove? Uh,
1: because in the face of of mutual annihilation, they deconstruct the human nonsense. Uh. Uh, instead of enemies <laughs> like reconcile, but they reconcile way too late. It's like it's already the end of the world. Right. Um. They're like, uh, like, like they'd already we're, said we're, it all into we're, motion. We're dumb mm-hmm. to have been fought to, like the, Actually, you know, the Americans, the Russians, like kind of come to an understanding at the end. But it's way too late! The nuclear apocalypse is already coming!
0: <laughs> we must have five women for every one man. I must say, Her Doctor, you have an exceedingly good plan.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a it's a similar idea of like of deconstructing the nonsense feuds that that we have. In this case it's it's too it's not even really clear if Ulrich and Georg are even like leaders of any sort of like kingdoms I mean, or anything they're they yeah just, they no have, they're
0: just they're just landed people like they yeah. just are people with land yeah and they've they, got they, they apparently have
1: posses they might be like princes they might just be landowners it's it's un, unclear which is fine you know, I, I, mean, I pictured i
0: pictured it more as being like capulets and montagues type thing yeah uh like just maybe wealthy families yeah
1: or yeah. or or whatever but in dr strange love it's whole governments mm. right but it, it, it ends up in the same place they they kind of reconcile a little less so Doctor Strange love but they still kind of do. Right. But then it doesn't have the the environment has already decided that right. that, that their right. run is done.
2: Right. And also my favorite part of the interlopers is when uh one of the members of their posse flew down on a giant wolf towards them from the sky with a cowboy
1: hat. Yeah, I, I, I love um, just the word wolves on the screen as, you know, we'll meet again. It just has the word just wolves. <laughs> <laughs> or or, or in stock footage of wolves, like, tearing apart prey. <laughs> don't know where, don't know where. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's definitely my favorite part of Doctor Strange love. How are you know, how I learned to stop worrying and observe the fact that all the animals can be running away, right. um, <laughs> and and then you know as as the the deer like like jump over the log, right? Like they look up and they realize that they're running away from the T Rex and like oh shit it's the T Rex. Uh, <laughs> also nobody steal this, but let's do an all wolf
2: remake with the soundtrack only done by Wolf Mother and it's called Doctor Wolf Love. Yes. Um. Also and I just thought of that because of my joke I just did Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, no. definitely uh, Jurassic Park. That's a great man versus animal. I mean, actually, if you read
1: like basically any any Crichton, he's, yeah. he's oh, very yeah. much of the like we shouldn't try to control nature. Like, we we're part of nature. He's he's, yeah. he's, he's pretty militant about. It was pretty militant yeah. about that. Uh, but but you know, the movie is this great example of he's like, oh yeah, we can you know, we can totally be in control of this. We make like a tourist attraction. We'll, you know, we'll be insanely rich and we'll fill the kids' eyes with wonders. Like no, these are ancient behemoths, like, they're going to inevitably break free and murder everyone on this island. And it's only because they can't swim that the rest of the world will be spared. Yeah, and as we found out, they can drive boats. So
0: we're really pretty much Yeah, no, they, they can drive
1: boats, they can sneak up behind people, like, get into a cabin, and God, the Lost World is
0: mm-hmm. a mess. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, shall we uh, call it a night? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm...
2: I have been and always will be David Luskin.
0: I have been Bryce Skidmore. And I (laughs) am the Raven. Nevermore. (laughs) Yeah. Have yourself a good night, folks. And uh, be careful on your way back through the mirror.
2: Yeah. Don't get caught
0: in your reflection. Don't. There are wolves there. (laughs) Night. Bye.